Sports. The August 5th, 2019 edition of Weekly Signals Meltdown. A reconfiguration of the last 168 hours of history. Broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. I'm Claudia Shamba. And, as always, the star of Darwin's On the Oranges of the Species, <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. Woof. Yeah, there he is Here again. You go. Here's a little biscuit, Mark. Oh. Ooh. Coming up, carbon capture, <laughs> contaminated pork, stacking the court, groove research, and more. But first, you like the Three Stooges, Claudia? Well, you know, Nathan, I don't think I gave them a whole lot of love, but I, I guess I, <laughs> I was partial to to Larry. Larry? That's the one with the... Curly hair. The curly hair. Yeah, yeah. I was partial to him, but that's that's as far as I'm going. That's as deep as I go. You don't have an aversion to them. Well, it was, that's what I mean. I didn't give them a lot of love. I was trying <laughs> You're to be polite. to say how much... No, you... I just... I, I, I didn't like, and still don't like, slapstick. Yeah. It was just too much slapstick. I like deadpan, and they weren't deadpan. Oh, know. no, they were anything but deadpan. Yeah. But a five-year-old so boy is going to like slapstick yeah, probably yeah. more than deadpan. Yeah. You have to work through slapstick to get through to deadpan, I think. But I didn't, I just jumped over that. But I was yeah. a little, I was a little girl all the way. Is there a difference? So what about these Stooges? Are we all the same? Why is the Stooges getting brought up? Researchers located three tiny new viruses named Larry, Curly, and Moe. They named them that. The three Stooges viruses, known as virophages, are viruses that specialize in infecting other viruses. Ooh. Virophages exist inside a virus inside a cell and were first discovered infecting giant viruses from a water cooling tower in 2008. Okay. So it's not that long ago that these things were first discovered. Since then, scientists have isolated only a few more virophages, so these are exciting. Larry Moe and Curly Joe. All from giant viruses is where they found them that infect microscopic organisms like algae and amoebas. So we got viruses infecting Little tiny other viruses. Not a sleeper cell, though. No. no. Okay. It's kind of like a sleeper I, I cell. Was yeah. Sleeper viruses. They should have called them Osama. Virophages may also transfer genes among viruses. Genes now. They're wow. wearing genes. That is a sleeper cell. Yeah, so they're important because they can change genetic makeup. And so mm -hmm. they can influence evolution. Yeah, they hmm? may influence yeah. some clinical trials. Yeah. I think that's where they're <laughs> headed. Not you, Molly. Oh, yeah. Which means that Larry Moe and Curly Joe may alter how we evolve. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 <sighs> Grief from the reef. Yeah. Grief from the reef. That's right, Molly. He's putting on his little water wing so he can go out to see the reef. Yeah. There's no reefs around here that I'm aware of that have a lot of coral, either. No, not here. Yeah. No, he's got his flight arranged. <laughs> to Australia, the Great Barrier Reef there that stretches for more than 1,400 miles off the coast of Australia has suffered four mass bleaching events driven by above-average sea temperatures over the past two decades. Where do you think that comes from? Well, the temps and the acidification yeah. of the ocean. It's all hammering those coral yeah. guys. Yeah. Acidification and global warming. Yep. Yeah. Now a study has found that 
damage has compromised the reef's ability to recover, and climate change could make the problem much worse in the future. Dead corals don't make babies. Oh, Mahler. Yeah. yeah. Me too, buddy. Uh, yeah. That yeah. Thing. Coral bleachings. Mahler. Coral bleachings happen when the symbiotic algae that live in coral cells and provide them with nutrients are jettisoned because of heat stress. The longer this state of stress lasts, the less likely corals will recover and have babies. Historically, after the damage from bleaching, the remaining adult corals in the reef spawn trillions of larvae each year, which revitalize the reef. In the, yeah, yeah, the past. In the past, but, but not maybe anymore. not. Yeah. According to this study, the number of new corals settling on the Great Barrier Reef declined by 89%. Jeez. 89%. That's huge after the recent bleachings. We used to think that the Great Barrier Reef was too big to fail until now, they said. Coral reefs around the world are bleaching four to five times as frequently as they did in 1980. We've anticipated that climate change could affect reefs, a researcher said, but it's not something that might happen in the future. It's unfolding right now. Right. Oh, Mahler. <laughs> I think he canceled his flight. Yeah, he's heading to a jungle. I would advise not even traveling, Mahler. A technology that removes carbon dioxide from the air received big bucks from major fossil fuel companies. British Columbia-based carbon engineering demonstrated that it can extract CO2 in a cost-effective way. <laughs> I'm, I'm doubtful about this, yeah. but this is where it's going. It's yep. now been boosted by a $68 million grant in new investment from Chevron, Occidental, and coal giant BHP, Carbon engineering says that it's a direct air capture process. Direct carbon capture is why I like why they say direct air here. Who writes this crap? Jeez. <laughs> I'll have to talk to, talk to your uh, writer, yeah, producers. Anyway, carbon engineering says it's direct carbon capture process is now able to capture the gas for under $100 a ton. But they have a lot of tons going on, too. Got right? a lot of tons, and I just smell PR in this. Yeah, I do, too. The company plans to build its first commercial carbon capture plant with the new money. <laughs> Captured CO2 is mixed with hydrogen that's made from water and green electricity. Notice they had to put green electricity in there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if they'll Sprinkling always... Sprinkling that. Yeah. Yep. It's then passed over a catalyst at 900 degrees centigrade to form carbon monoxide. Adding in more hydrogen to the carbon monoxide turns it into a synthetic gas, which is then turned into a synthetic crude oil that Carbon Engineering says, that's the company, Carbon Engineering says, can be used in a variety of engines without modification. Now, Mike and I have talked about this before, and okay. the technology's there. It's just that how effective and how efficient and how inexpensive it's going to be. Right. How, how, how will money? it work from why start not, to finish? Yeah. Why not just go to alternative energies instead of... Leave it in the ground is yeah. all. Yeah, exactly. It's a huge concern, Zephora Berman, International Program Director for Stand.Earth, said. We need to be working together to figure out how we move away completely from fossil fuel. That's our moral and economic challenge. But these technologies provide a false hope that yeah. we can continue to depend on fossil fuels and produce and burn them, and technology will fix it. We are way past that point. 
And we are. It's ridiculous, especially because it's not that clean of a technology anyway. No, it was very elaborate. Everything has to work. There can be no problems to capture. Others are concerned that the development of direct air capture or carbon capture devices may encourage some people to think that they don't have to personally reduce their carbon footprint. Yeah. People will take their foot off the gas and think they can coast when they... So to speak. Or putting it on the gas a little more, actually. Exactly. There's a real danger that people will see this technology as a magic bullet and not cut back their carbon. So I know there's a transition to be made, but why not put that $68 million into alternative energy and just get going on that instead of dragging your feet or putting your foot on the gas? Must be some other foot analogy we can use, Mahler. Yeah. Foot out of your mouth. <laughs> there you go. Meanwhile, according to the International Renewable Energy Agency, strong gains in solar and wind energy last year pushed renewable energy to account for a third of global power capacity. Doesn't mean use, but we have it. Capacity, we have right. It available. The report says the world added 171 gigawatts of overall renewable energy capacity in 2018 global renewable capacity reached 2,351 gigawatts in total by the end of 2018. The problem I have with that story, though, is that we're using more fossil fuels now. We've got more capacity with renewables, but overall consumption is higher and more fossil fuels. So we're 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 really losing here in this battle. Ah, I don't like to think of it that way. I think once we get the right people in charge, we'll have the capacity to to get back to that. But we're not on the track right now. Hydropower accounts for half of the uh, total. 84% of last year's growth came from solar and wind. Yep. So we're moving up in yeah, that direction. We've got, yeah. The strong growth in 2018 continues the trend of the last five years, which reflects an ongoing shift toward renewable power. But renewable energy needs to grow even faster to yeah. ensure that the world won't overheat and the Newport Peninsula will be swallowed by the ocean. <laughs> Sales will continue to be brisk. Yeah, what's with that anyway? I know. As the sea level rises, so do property values. I can't figure out how they go in the same direction. Yeah. Meanwhile, President Goodbrain says that wind turbines cause cancer. Yeah. Did you happen to see him do that? No, I heard it, though, quoted. I I heard it repeated. Try that again, Mahler. How how does he do that? Yeah, I like that. That's what Donald says. Very silly, man. And he's talking about the property values really tank around these things. So, (laughs) How transparent can he be? Mm. That's what happened to his property in Scotland, to his golf course in Scotland. He was afraid would happen if they put turbines off the coast, and he fought those. Speaking of President Goodbrain, the Trumpy Dumpty administration, should I call it the Trumpy Dumpty or the Humpty Trumpty? What do you think? I'm I'm still looking. Okay. Trumpy Dumpty administration plans to shift much of the power and responsibility for food safety inspections and hog plants to the pork industry itself as early as May. This is nuts. Cutting the number of federal inspectors by about 40% and replacing them with plant employees. Well, that sounds uh, not so good. Feces is going to hit the fan. Inspect yourself. Under the proposed new inspection system, the responsibility for identifying diseased and contaminated pork will be shared with plant employees whose training would be at the discretion of plant owners. So they even get to train these folks. Under my thumb. 
There would be no limits on slaughter line speeds. The new pork inspection system would expedite the federal government's move to let the livestock industry inspect its own meat. During the Obama administration, poultry plant owners were given more power over safety inspections. So it's not like Obama's clean on this deal. Although the administration canceled plans to increase line speeds, Last September, the Trumpy Dumpy administration allowed some poultry plants to increase line speeds. There's a work safety thing, too. It's not just the consumer, but I just think of these packing plants where there's so many repetitive motion and they're working in the cold because that's how the, the meat is kept. This racing even faster through the plant, to me, just sounds like some worker safety issues, too. Yeah, it's not good in any respect. You have people who are employed by the very people who want to make money off this process, inspecting things, who among those inspectors is going to want to tell his boss that they have to shut down? (laughs) Last September, the Trump-Dumpty administration allowed some poultry plants to increase line speeds. The administration also is working to shift inspection of beef to plant owners. Agriculture Department officials are scheduled next month to discuss the proposed changes with the meat industry. If this news pisses you off, may I recommend a donation to KUCI-FM to settle your hash? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio at KUCI 88.9 FM, KUCI.org. You ever think that conservatives love pain? As long as it's not their own. Maybe it's love, fear, not pain. I think it's a little bit of each. Okay. They fear fear, but they react to it by causing pain. Okay. Which I think they tend to have a, uh, not a love for, an affinity for. Where did you get this? Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote a majority opinion that was both cruel, unusual, and entirely consistent with uber right-wing lunatic thought. The case is... Bucklew versus Presythe. Russell Bucklew is a convicted murderer. He was sentenced to death in Missouri. Missouri is a lethal injection state, but Bucklew has a rare medical condition that would cause him to be in extreme pain as the lethal drugs kill him. Now, I'm sure some conservatives out there are saying, good, but you're setting precedent here that may affect an innocent man, too. There's a lot of people who are on death row that have been later shown to be innocent. And what you're doing is setting a precedent for everybody when the Supreme Court rules on something like this. Bucklew appealed his sentence, arguing that the pain would be a violation of his Eighth Amendment cruel and unusual protections and asked for another method of death. Gorsuch, writing for a 5-4 majority, denied Bucklew's appeal. The Eighth Amendment forbids cruel and unusual methods of capital punishment, but does not guarantee a prisoner a painless death, Gorsuch said. Hang on those words. Yeah. Wow. No one's guaranteeing anything, but the idea is to not make it cruel and unusual. Right. His whole opinion here is crap. The Eighth Amendment does not even address capital punishment, first of all. The Eighth Amendment makes no mention of death, painless or otherwise. It talks about unusual cruelty. That's what the Eighth Amendment is about. Throwing Mahler off the top of the biology building, of course. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, we, we could We're do that. Going to, oh. Covered Would be almost entirely ears. painless, Mahler, until you hit bottom. Oh. 
Yeah, it would still be cruel. It would still be unusual. Gorsuch is trying to create an entirely new Supreme Court interpretation of the Eighth Amendment. Up until now, even as we allow for capital punishment, the central question has been whether the method of death is the most humane form of murder. This Good Samaritan aspect of criminal justice, there's an opportunity for Good Samaritan behavior to show up in legislation, in judicial review, and I just don't see why that is just being erased from consideration. It was a simple request yeah. from a dying man. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIradio.tumblr.com on Twitter at KUCI FM on Instagram at KUCI FM. Stream us live on iTunes. Go to Internet College University, KUCI 88.9 FM. Senate Majority Leader Mitch the Bitch McConnell. He's a Republican from Kentucky. Well, Mahler knows about bitches, don't you, Mahler? Yeah. Yeah, he knows a few. Anyway, Mitch the Bitch has a history of being an eyesore, using short-term tactical gains regardless of cost. That's what Mitch is about. He killed the Supreme Court nomination of Merrick Garland in 2016 by refusing to act on it. Between 2009 and 2013, McConnell's Republicans blocked 79 Obama nominees with filibusters, compared with 68 in the country's entire previous history. This week, Mitch went nuclear, cutting the supermajority vote down to a simple majority in order to slash the minimum time for ending debate over district court nominees from 30 hours to two hours. That seems incredible to me. It is incredible. And I'm waiting for you to talk about the purpose of those 33 hours, the bipartisan purpose of that. Of the 30 hours? But yeah. Well, you want to debate things. I mean, right. is that where you're That's going? That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. In two hours, it you know. It reveals things. That's... And a, there's a bipartisan benefit, and it happened in the past. Both parties realize, oh, there's this aspect of this candidate. Exactly. And then their nomination was shelved. Two hours is movie time. No, it's, it's it's not time it's, to thoroughly interview someone who's going to... Two hours is getting to, stuck on 405 to do yeah. something interesting in L.A. You cannot tell enough about someone who's going to spend the rest of their life judging people in two hours. 30 hours might seem like a lot to people with a short oh. attention span, but really, it's not at all considering all the people who are going to be asking questions. And you've seen that all the time. Somebody limiting to five minutes, rushing through their questions... And usually having somebody like, say, I don't know, Brett, just avoiding the questions. The Democratic leader started all of this, McConnell said. I mean, that's schoolyard there. Yep. Well, he started it. The uh, Senate tradition of unlimited debate has prevailed more or less in the Senate since 1806. Over that time, senators had the right to delay votes on presidential nominees they found objectionable. But McConnell undid 213 years of history this week, holding a party-line vote to rewrite the rules of debate. Both sides have chipped away at this right to filibuster in recent years. Democrats did restrict it for circuit court judges in 2013, and McConnell's Republicans restricted it for Supreme Court justices in 2017. But McConnell has now kicked out all the jams, which is a shame. It's just a matter of time until 
This leads to a complete abolition of the filibuster for everything, including legislation. As much as I like to cram the Green New Deal down Republican throats after the 2020 election, this will further destabilize the government. And it's already drunk, stumbling drunk. Yeah, and I I want to call out when Mitch McConnell says that he's talking about expediting. He's talking about a short-term kind of management issue when he, we all know he's thinking two generations of how long those judicial appointments are going to endure. So watch the magician's hand over there, not there. Would you like some avocado? We almost didn't have any this year because of uh, President Goodbrain. Trump backed off his threat to completely close the border with Mexico and cut off our avocado supply. Yep. This is troubling. He said that if the flow of drugs and immigrants continues, he'll impose new tariffs on Mexican goods targeting automobiles partly made in Mexico. He's given Mexico a year now to react to that threat, which means election time. Right. If Trump had followed through with his border closer, the effects would have caused economic chaos. But that's the way he runs his casinos so and everything it's, else. Everything is yeah. chaos, the model. Senator Ted Cruz said millions of jobs would have been lost. This yeah. is Ted Cruz. Yep. This is Republican Texas Senator Ted Cruz. In 2017, $560 billion of goods flowed across the border in both directions. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce, you know them. They're usually Republicans, I think. Last time I checked. They're, yeah, the trade thing. But the car, think of the car manufacturing. It crosses the border umpteen times. Yeah. So closing the border would just disrupt this whole well, supply they chain partly shifting make over it and over. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They come back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So yeah. it's really complicated. The yes. Chamber of Commerce said that closing the border would inflict severe economic harm yeah. on American families by crippling the estimated $1.7 billion daily trade between the two countries. billion trade, and this is Trump threatening to shut that down. Even Mitch, the bitch, who seldom criticizes Trump in public, said that closing the border would have potentially catastrophic economic impact. Imposing auto tariffs is probably an empty threat, too. Trump is trying to win approval for a new trade deal with Mexico and Canada to fulfill his campaign promise to replace the North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA. Putting tariffs on Mexican goods would upend the NAFTA deal. Immigration is down. It is down. Yeah. It's just the optics that are making it appear otherwise. Yeah. The routing of everyone. Crazy. Fear. And pain. So it looks like our avocados are safe, at least for the time being. Yeah, I didn't realize so many are coming from Mexico because I rely on the farmer's market supply chain. It's pretty steady. The prices are steady. Yeah. They're all local? Yep. Not enough for everyone, though. No, no, yeah. no. Because like 80% are Eight? coming from Mexico, right? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. I had some last night. I had some yesterday. <laughs> How about you, Mahler? You like that mixed in? Oh, here's some yeah. more. Here's yeah. one little yeah. sliver more. Uh, you hang out in political circles, right? Yeah. Among other circles, I want to thankfully say. You're getting tired of politics? No, I just like to mix it up. Oh, I see. Cultural circles, a few recreational circles, not enough recreational circles. (laughs) You ever meet Joe Biden? Oh, my gosh, please. No? I have not. Joe Biden makes people uncomfortable, I hear. Yep. Because he's a touchy-feely guy. But I think that uh, this touchy-feely debate has a lot to do with the current culture 
being less touchy-feely. If you're sitting on your computer all day, you don't have a lot of chance to touch people. Now, I know that it might be a little creepy what Biden has done, but I've had all sorts of people kiss me on the cheek that I didn't want to be kissed on the cheek from, but I didn't look at it as an offense. Well, I think there is so much irony in his claim of connecting with people. If he wants to be connected, he can own where he came up short with Anita Hill and with other people and just say, I apologize for my coming up short. Yeah. And not only that, he was the only Democrat to give a eulogy to racist Strom Thurmond at his funeral in 2003. Oh, that's right. That's I looked into Strom's heart and I saw a man, a whole man, and I tried to understand him. I learned from him. Now, yeah, maybe he did learn from him, but Strom Thurmond was a racist, simple and plain. According to Uncle Joe Thurman, Thurman was a man whose powerful and lasting legacy was a gift. No, it wasn't. Thurman was a, was a sore. Liability. Yes. When Republican Trent Lott spoke fondly of Thurman at Thurman's 100th birthday, Lott was forced to resign his leadership role. Then in the 1980s, Uncle Joe became tough on crime, became the tough on crime Democrat. He wrote the first version of the notorious Clinton crime bill. Biden collaborated with Strom Thurmond to create the Biden-Thurmond bill, which restricted use of the insanity defense, shifting the burden of proof from the prosecutor to the defendant. In 1991, Biden was shameful in dealing with Anita Hill's sexual harassment allegation against Clarence Thomas. As chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, he allowed Hill to be heard, but also permitted his colleagues to mercilessly, mercilessly attack all of those he did. He managed it. <laughs> Attacker and prevented witnesses that would have supported Hill from even being called. That was the real crime there. Yeah. In real time, it was quite apparent. Biden proudly voted for the war in Iraq. He said, I voted to go into Iraq and I'd vote to do it again. Not only did Biden vote for the Patriot Act, which has vastly increased surveillance in the United States, but he claimed to have come up with it himself. And he likes Dick Cheney, which I think is... See, that's the that's, connection thing. Yeah. Everything, connecting and everything you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's disingenuous. Ooh. Dick Cheney, Mahler. Oh, yeah. Oh. I actually like Dick Cheney. I can say without fear of contradiction. That's right, Mahler. There's never been one single time that he said a harsh word. Not one single time in our entire relationship. But he's done some crappy things, Cheney. More than crappy. He's done some despicable things. So what are we going to do with that guy? With Biden? Yeah. Well, I hope he just doesn't run. I hope he gets the picture. He just keeps getting... But he's gotten so much picture from his actions over these decades. That's the problem. The feedback loop isn't working for the guy. There's a kind of concentric aspect of not getting it. So it's just being a chum and yeah. go going on with that. Nothing has had consequence. Well, let's go back to the hugging. First of all, I don't like people are even focusing on that because I feel bad. Can, let's go look, to the substance. Look, look yeah. back. Look back at Al Franken. There was a guy with a lot of substance, and he made a few mistakes, but he didn't make drastic, horrible mistakes that affected other people horribly. He made embarrassing mistakes for him. He shouldn't have been forced <laughs> out. Yeah, that. that and is in the a same problem. way, that's the way I feel about Biden. Don't force him out on this. Don't make this the issue. The war in Iraq, to me, should be Use it. his politics against him in yeah. his drafting a presidential campaign. Yeah. I 
Do you like to groove? Oh, that's oh, you bet I like to groove. <laughs> you like to groove? Wow. I do so much. Groove has been defined by researchers as a pleasurable desire to move to music. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. That's not news. But not just any amount of syncopation will work to shake the majority's extremities. In a new study, <laughs> researchers asked people to listen to 50 different rhythms covering a large range of syncopation. After each rhythm, participants rated how much they wanted to move and how much pleasure they experienced. When these ratings are plotted against the degree of syncopation, ratings were highest for rhythms with a medium degree of syncopation. In other words, most people are middle of the road with mm -hmm. their groove. They found that rhythm and harmony worked together so that rhythm had the strongest effect when coupled with medium complexity chords. In other words, kind of middle of the road. But most importantly, groove research has potential therapeutic applications. Yes. The use of rhythmic music to treat motor symptoms of Parkinson's disease, such as problems with gait, has shown promising results. Groove research has the potential to clarify the connections between music, movement, and pleasure that may be crucial in understanding and improving rhythm-based therapies. In addition, groove research may help to maximize the enjoyability of music used in this type of therapy, which could increase patient motivation. And it's already at work in a lot of senior daycare and yeah. residences and things. They already are on to that, and our UCI Mind has research on this, but this is breaking it down a little bit more about yeah. what's exactly the sweetest spot there in that Cosmo article. Yep. What? Oh, okay. Here, Mother here's likes to groove too. Try the CD. It's a new release. Uh, the other thing nice about it is it's subliminal. Music very. can be very subliminal. It you don't, you. You don't know why. Sometimes when people are told that they're going to have some sort of therapy, a wall goes up. They're, they're not really sure they want to be manipulated. But with music, it's something that can subliminally affect you. I always like with my senior friends that I'm visiting who uh -huh. are very infirm, I always want to know if A, they want music, and B, what kind. And I remember when I, I played a specific thing, my father had Parkinson's, and he had a major stroke. Uh -huh. And I put in a piece of music, and his good foot was bobbing under the sheets. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. It was. It was mm -hmm. delight. And finally, Oof. in Australia, a Melbourne train station was shut down during morning rush hour as police wearing body armor and carrying assault rifles mm. responded to a report of a gunman carrying a rifle. It was a false alarm. The gunman turned out to be a busker, and the rifle turned out to be a didgeridoo. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.